Listener Production. On today's edition of Footy Talk, I'm joined by Nick Rewalt, and we discuss the big news of the day. Caroline Wilson dropping a bomb last night about the Gold Coast coaching situation. We look at the Melbourne forward woes and what Nick Rewalt thinks. And we also answer a fan question. Who is our Mount Rushmore of AFL football? That's all to come up next on Footy Talk. Yeah, you're listening to Footy Talk on this Tuesday, the 4th of July. And what a nice day to have Nick Rewalt all the way from the States. Happy 4th of July, really. I know it's tomorrow over there, but uh, happy 4th of July. You on holidays? Again? Uh, what do you mean again? You're always on holidays. Do you even work over there? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> that's a, that's a why. <laughs> I don't work. Do I work? Damn, why? <laughs> Absolutely flying. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, but, yes, 4th of July tomorrow, got the big fireworks uh, tonight, which the boys are looking forward to. And, um, yeah, great. Never spent a summer here and uh, experience the 4th of July and get amongst it. Gee, they go all out. Yeah? Flags everywhere. <laughs> not like Australia Day where you're not really allowed to wave a flag. Over <laughs> here, you're... Go your hardest. Uh, nah, very good. Hey, well, nice to have you on. Before we get into the footy, first one I want to throw at you. Alex Carey, the run out of uh, Johnny Bairstow. Spirit of the game or not in the spirit of the game? Was that just clever, good cricket now, or is it against the spirit? I think I know what you're going to go with, but I'll let you answer. <laughs> <laughs> Am I that predictable? <laughs> yeah, yeah, to me you are. Oh, but come on, like you can't invoke the spirit of the game just when it suits you. Johnny Besto did the first – he did the same thing in the in the first dig for the Aussies. Um, it's clearly a situation of the Australians paying the price for six of the past, you know. Like if Sandpaper Gate hadn't have happened and, and, and a couple of other things, you know, underarm bowling is being brought up in press conferences now then. Um, in isolation, I think it's absolutely fine. Yeah, I agree as well. I like when players are, are clever and understand the rules of the game and, and try and take advantage of it. I mean, sometimes we get shot down, particularly in our game in AFL, we get shot down for trying to take advantage. Remember when I tried to – I had a running into an open goal and there was no one around. It was a fourth quarter, midway through. We're only a couple of – maybe two goals up. And I decided to try and kill 10 seconds off the clock. Yeah. Like they do in NBA basketball now. You know, they let the ball roll so they can buy themselves some time. And Alan Richardson went off his head like I was – Oh, yeah. Oh, like I was Ridiculous. cheating or I was being disrespectful and all those things. So I'm one that is for it. Have you ever done something similar? I reckon you yeah, have. Yeah, I was with you on that one too. That was ridiculous. So that shows you how concerned about winning we were at the time. Our own coach didn't appreciate the fact that you were uh, trying to Just run the w- clock down and be professional. Yeah. Uh, something similar, yeah, well, and I, I do feel a little bit bad about this time because well, let's throw it up. Bruce we'll Lowe grew up, he, he grew up a big St Kilda supporter. Griffin and Logue. Uh, Griffin Logue. Yep. And we've we've told well he's told this story uh, where it was late in the game. Tim Membry won a free kick, but I was there and I was calling for the footy. I said, "Hey, hey, give me the give me the ball!" And so he threw it to me, and I just went, and <laughs> watched it sail past me at the up five. 850, Mimbury was straight in front. We kicked the goal and we won the game. And uh, look, a few people thought it might have been against the spirit of the game. If I knew he was a Saints supporter growing up and had my poster on the wall, I might not have gone down that track, but uh, we won the game. 
See, I like that. I like that. I th- I did the exact same thing with Adam Goods one year. That's how confident I was. It was our free kick, and I said to Goods, he'd throw me the ball, and same thing, moved out the way and said to the umpire, yeah, he's thrown it to the wrong player, 50 metres. That's just <laughs> that's just clever. It's all in the spirit of the game. Anyway, we'll move on. We'll chat some footy, really, because there's plenty happening in the world of AFL, and there was a bit of a bomb dropped last night on Footy Classified by Caroline Wilson reporting that Stewie Jew's days are numbered at the Gold Coast Suns. She believes, well, there was almost no chance that he'll be coaching next year. She thinks even within the next month they might be making a decision on his future. And even when as far as throwing up Stephen King as the caretaker coach, if that was to happen, what was your first thoughts reading that this morning? Uh, A lot of specific information. And so to be going with someone like the caretaker coach, and that's that's very, very detailed, which – Generally, Caroline's intel is is very good, so um, it's not really super surprising, I guess, given the Gold Coast Suns and, and their situation, and the the fact that they're addressing, or at least Caroline Wilson says they're addressing the professionalism within the group. I mean, that's a, a bit of an indictment if that's true. Uh, that you know, this far into a lot of those players' careers, professionalism and being able to get yourself up for a big game is still a concern. Well, then you're really left, I think, with no choice but to make that sort of decision if if they're the concerns that you're harbouring. Yeah, my, my initial thoughts, firstly, similar to you, Rui, it it's probably wasn't a shock to hear that. I think it was almost a matter of who's going to be the first to potentially go with it. And secondly, for Caroline Wilson to break it and be so strong, particularly her first, I'm pretty sure her first show back on Footy Classified after she got the Paddy Cripps um, story wrong about him staying away from the team hotel. I doubt she would come on Footy Classified and go with this story if she wasn't 150% sure she knew what she was going with because she's one of the best. So uh, that I take uh, on face value. So, um, yeah, that's that's interesting. I think, obviously, the, the lure of Damien Harwick. Oh, I think yeah. and I sort of haven't gone with it early because again I don't want to sack a coach and you know think but I think Damon Harvey would, would be a perfect fit for the Gold Coast Suns more yeah. so for me with his coaching style and the method of play I think suits the conditions up on the Gold Coast the slippery dewy conditions they play that surge football knock it on keep the ball moving forward I actually think that would probably suit the Gold Coast list and their the environment that they would play a lot of games in if he's the man that they do want to target. And, and you look at some of the players they've got too throughout that midfield. I mean, they're not necessarily finesse guys. They're real yep. effort grunt surge guys in Raul and Anderson, uh, Took Miller, these sort of guys. I think it would play into the, into their hands perfectly. And it's a big one for the Gold Coast as well. I mean, let's not forget, it's not that long ago that, that they were the favourites to land Alistair Clarkson. Then Ross Lyon was mentioned, Brad Scott was mentioned, and, and they, they held firm. So to sort of go over for four from... Hardwick as well. I mean, how how long can you kind of sit on on the same situation without improvement? So it's a great shout, really. So do you think now sitting there, so they went with Stewie Jew and backed him in over those senior coaches. Do you think there's an element now they've sat there this year and they've watched what Ross Lyon has done at St Kilda. They've watched what Brad Scott's been able to do at Essendon. We haven't seen Clarko yet be able to, to do with the Kangaroos, but we, we sort of have a feel that he will be able to get in the spot. Do you think now they go, geez, we missed out on those three. Look at the impact that they are having, Clarko aside for, for different reasons. We can't let another one slip by and just continue to back Stewie Jew in if there is a, one of those great coaches available. Particularly because they don't grow on trees. I mean, when is mm. the next opportunity to snare a coach like Damian Hardwick? I, I, I applaud the fact that they backed in Stewie Jew last year. Yep. 
that they needed to see results. You know, we, 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 we've heard so many stories about Bomber Thompson and, and Damien Hardwick himself where they were backed in by their club. And you do, you grow as a group and a playing group and a coaching group together. So I think they've afforded them that opportunity. But if in their minds they haven't seen enough growth this year, well, then I think they're left with no alternative but to pursue, again, maybe a once-in-five-year opportunity to, to, to snare a coach who's clearly still fresh. He, he wasn't marched out of Richmond. Um, he'd still be coaching there if he wanted to be. So it's a pretty attractive proposition for the Suns. Yeah, and I don't believe that uh, Damien Harwick's jaded from coaching. I think he just believed his his uh, his message ran out at Richmond. But imagine now he can take all his messaging and the thousand times that he cooked the sausage at Richmond, he can use those thousand times now at a gr- at a brand new group that would just hang off every word he said. So I think that is a, a, a one that works. And when you look at Gold Coast, just quickly, Ruby, last year they won 10 games. They only lost uh, three games by 40-plus points, and they finished with 102%. As we sit right now, seven wins. They've already lost five games by 40-plus points, a percentage of 94. There's going to be real no improvement with this group. So we'll just watch this space, but I think we are both backing in Caroline Wilson's Mail. Hey, just a quick one. Jacob Wiedering got cleared from the MRO for striking. It was a match day report. And Michael Voss wants match day reports thrown out. I am 100% with him on this. I re- and I'd love someone to do the stats. The amount of match day reports that get thrown out is is over the like is ridiculous. I reckon it just shows sometimes the lack of feel that umpires have in a game. I don't think we need match day reports. I've asked why they do it, and they say, oh, it's just to make sure there's no inciting of sort of any retaliation and those things to be able to say to players, he's on report, he's on report. I don't think we need it. I think you just leave it to the MRO officer to watch the games back. They can flag it to the MRO officer so they don't miss anything. But what do you think about match day reports? Yeah, they're, they're useless. They serve no one. Yep. They, they do no favours to the umpires. They do no favours to players that have been told they're reported at times for instances that did not justify it. And then what that can potentially do to their mental state for the rest of the game, you know, the distraction that, that can cause. Um, and I don't think we miss much anymore in terms of reviewing the game and, and the footage and the MRO. So they don't serve anyone. Um, take, take something off the umpires that they don't need to be concerned with. Yeah, good point. Hey, I want to ask you about Melbourne. Big talking point at the moment. The Premiership fancies. They've lost four of their last six, and their last six games, they haven't scored 80 points. What's your take? Because when before we get into it, you look at those six games. Two of them have been in the wet. So the game up at the Alice Springs was a, was a bog heap. Uh, they played a Port Adelaide game in the wet in Adelaide. They lost by four points. There are other four games where they've scored low. They've had 22 shots, 21 shots, 26 shots, and 23 shots. Is it really an issue they're scoring, or is it more accuracy and just conversion and you're confident they can get it right? No, because it's been an issue for a number of years now. I feel like we've spoken about Melbourne's 450, either the ability for players to separate inside the 450 and give really good options, and then – the players up the ground, like Petrarca's a blaster of the ball. Oliver's a blaster of the ball. They're, they're great players, but if there is a knock on their game, it's they're not necessarily great inside 50 kicks, those guys. Um, Viney, a bit the same as well. So the guys that are finding plenty of the footy are not necessarily the guys that you want delivering the ball. And up the field are, are the players doing enough to sort of create predictables a, a, a double-edged sword because if you're too predictable and you're just naught to, to sort of 20 the whole time, well, then... 
it's easy to defend against that sort of footy. But yeah, that it's it's an issue that won't go away for the D's. Yeah, and it is an issue for me. I think they value defending first, and I think that affects their entries going inside 50. Their half forwards get a long way up the ground to support their uh, their mids and their backs. They they like to kick it sort of safe and wait for everyone to be set behind the ball. They don't like to go in quick too often because they worry about getting counterpunched. So it's, it's interesting whether Simon Goodwin is going to change his philosophy to try and open it up to allow more scoring or whether he's stubborn and says, no, if we're going to win a flag, it's off the back of our defense and our contest. And we will just try and find a way to scrounge enough of a score. There's a lot of talk and a bit of, I don't know if it's accurate about St Kilda, a bit the same that we had that mentality um, and got us close, but we weren't able to, to win a flag. I don't, no, no, it's, it's interesting to see. I think Goodwin's going to continue to say, no, no, we're going to defend first and just try yeah. and find enough we, of a we score. We were top four attack throughout that period. So I'm not sure that necessarily yeah. stands up. But I, I, I think for the Ds, you know, at their very, very best, they have embraced imperfection in front of the footy. So the year they won the flag, I mean, they, they just took contest on in front of the ball. Um, they just defended so brilliantly regardless of whether they went fast or, or when they went slow. So I think they've got some scope and some room to move, but they'd want to, they'd want to adjust soon. Yeah, and we've spoken a lot about goal-kicking accuracy. Really, It's driving everyone mad this year. I I even called myself an old fuddy-duddy on, on Triple M on Friday, Saturday night because I was watching the footy, getting so frustrated that players just 40 metres out, like we're actually missing the goals altogether. We're seeing it a lot. Like I get there's one thing you're just missing, but these some of these kicks for goal are like – all over the shop. And I've asked you before, but how much of it is technique and repetitive practice and how much of it is just mental on game day? Because I'm of the view that everyone can kick a ball at AFL level from point A to point B. You go and put a rubbish bin 40 metres away and say to an AFL player, kick it near the rubbish bin, they'll land it within a metre of the rubbish bin. But then we put two big sticks seven metres apart and they're lucky to get close. What's your take? Well, I think it always starts with, with technique. You hear the great goal kickers like Jason Dunstall talk about, you know, everything in line and, and not kicking across the ball and not spare. So for, for me personally, I know I had a flaw in my goal kicking technique and that was when I kicked poorly, I, I had a high drop, so a high release. And once that manifests into your game, well, then the mental game start and, and it starts to spiral and it becomes harder to pull yourself out. So definitely a combination of both and that's why you hear so much players talking about routine. But the one thing it is absolutely impossible to do is replicate the pressure of a game in training and replicate yeah. the fatigue of a game in training. So you might hear players say, oh, he goes out, he has 100 shots. You can go out and you have a million shots during the week. It's, it's pretty much irrelevant until you're able to conquer the demons on game day. Yeah, very good. Hey, we will take a little break because we are going to do an extended version of Real Talk Shit Talk Ooh. after this. You are listening to Footy Talk. If you're listening on Spotify, hit the bell. You're listening to Footy Talk, where you get your daily dose of footy, news, interviews and analysis from the world of AFL. And we're here as we are every Tuesday with Nick Rewalt. As I said, we're going to play a bit of an extended version of Real Talk Shit Talk. The first one I want to throw at you. There has been some talk that you would not want to play the Bombers in this year's finals series. They are now rock solid. And because they haven't won a final for so long, they'll be that desperate that they can win a final. Real Talk Shit Talk. 
mm, desperate or under pressure, but maybe they'll feel the pressure because they haven't won one in so long. Uh, no, I, I think that's shit talk. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't fear Essendon on their day any more than I'd fear Fremantle on their day or Geelong if they got in on, on their day or Adelaide on their day or St Kilda on their day. Um, so I, I think they're one of a number of teams where you're not especially sure what you're going to get from them every week. I mean, the, the, they're sort of on the, on the second run of teams. So, yeah, they'll be desperate, but um, I, I don't see that being a, a, a huge factor in, in fearing them in a final. Uh, one for you, Joey. We are pro keeping your veterans around, but will the Dockers regret signing that five to a two-year extension? I'm saying for now it's shit talk for that exact reason, Rui, that I don't know why we're so quick to jump on our superstar veteran champions. I, I know he's been injured the last few years, so that is um, as concern, but he was always going to be playing on next year anyway. You can't sort of end him right now. 31 years of age, as you touched on, I think it's worth keeping your veterans around. There is no harm in having veteran players around your footy club for an extra year. So even if it is an extra year too long, I don't see a problem with it because they're a fourth youngest list in the competition. They've also signed Michael Walters for two years for that same thing. It's certainly nothing like the West Coast Eagles. They're, they're an old list. It's nothing like that. And the same people that I think are quite critical of the same ones that thought Tex Walker should have retired three years ago. Jack Rewalt they thought was done and Richmond would be you know, nowhere near where they are this year without Jack and, and probably thought the Cats were too old with their list to even win a premiership. So I think we need to value a bit more our veterans. Uh, as I said, even if he doesn't play in a couple of years' time because he's either not in their team yeah. or he's injured. The value of having someone like him around the footy club is worth keeping. So I'm saying shit talk for now. Next one for you. Uh, after his game on the weekend, there's been a bit of hype and I was one that went with it on Sunday night. But Jamar Hagen at some stage could be the best player in the competition. Oh, I mean, of course he could. No, I'm, right now I'm going to say shit talk. Okay. I think he's still got got a got a lot of improvement in his game, which is great because we've seen him light it up. And when he lights it up, you think, "Gee, how good could this guy be?" But consistency is a is a difficult thing to find for a young player. So until he finds it, I'm going to say shit talk. All right, he's starting to find it. Rui's last five weeks, he's yeah. coming along. I think he's yeah. only played 38 games, 37 games, 21 years of age. I know you're that's a harsh why I mark. preface you're it right. by saying, of, no, that's why I preface it by saying, of course he could. Yeah. All right. Um, Next one. One for you. Uh, the Bombers, Joey, maybe this would make teams fear them in finals. Should they sign Ben Mackay? Uh, yes, I think that's real talk. I know Ben Mackay's having a disappointing year at North Melbourne. To me, my gut feel is playing like a player I think that's checked out. I just don't see a desperation in him to try and do everything he possibly can as a key defender, but I think he's talented. So is there. that the sort of player that you'd want to sign? I know, I know. It's but well, he's played 60-something games in eight years yeah, that he's checking out. I know. I think he's one that needs a fresh start at another club. His talent and potential is there. I've seen it with – he went through a patch last year where he was the best key defender in the game, intercept mark-wise. He was averaging about six intercept marks a game for a period there. At one stage, there's not many options, though, really. If Essendon are just lacking a big key defender to take the big boppers, I don't think they're asking him to turn into, you know, Jeremy McGovern. I just think – Would you give up Darcy Parrish for it? Um, It's a little supplemental question for you there. That is a little side one. Yes. 
Yeah, so I think that they've got Caldwell coming through. Setterfield's a big body that we haven't seen much of, but showed he can play. Hobbs is coming along. They've got a young kid, Elijah Sardis, a top 10 pick in this famous sort of super draft that we haven't even seen yet. And then, of course, um, Merritt and uh, is doing wonderful things and Dylan Shields still floating around. So I think they need Ben Mackay, and then they will be a genuine finals threat for me going forward next year. Hey, Rue, last one. Mitch Owens, he deserves to be the rising star winner over the likes of Ashcroft and Sheasel. Right now, I'm going to say shit talk because right now, I think you could throw a blanket over them. But he's absolutely in the mix. So to declare him right now, I think would be unfair because he's he's had a really good year, but I've, I've loved Sheasel's year. Ashcroft has done some really good things. Jaya Miss is the other one that keeps getting thrown up and compared to the year that yes, I won it as a, goals as a key second, second year. He's been compared to yes. you in your second year. He's kicked 29 goals. You only kicked 21, Rue. What happened to you in your second yeah. year? That, that's because – and Mark, Mark Duffield's been on a bit of a campaign for Jai Miss and he might want to do his research a little. I played centre-half back for 15 of those. So 21-odd um, <laughs> from, you know, maybe six or seven games as a forward, Mark. Um, so do your research. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, look, I think it's a free <laughs> race at the moment. Very good indeed. Hey, and the last question, we've got someone that's uh, sent in on Instagram where you can fire in your questions. If you do have a question, hit us up on Instagram at footytalk underscore pod or on TikTok at footytalkpod. So Jack has sent us a message. He wants our Mount Rushmore of footy. Very fitting for you over in the States. They do the Mount Rushmore of basketball and NFL and all those. What's your Mount Rushmore of AFL? Take it with a grain of salt. We're just doing a podcast photo. It's not the Bible. This isn't going to uh, – I'm not going to hold you to it forever. But who's your sort of your, your Mount Rushmore? Give us your four. You always upset people here. I know, but we're just having some podcast fodder. Okay. I'm going to go with – well, I had two players' posters on my wall as a kid, Jason Dunstall and Wayne Carey, and then Lee Matthews clearly – I mean, you look at his numbers and they are just ridiculous. And then I'm going to go with Gary Jr. Carey, Matthews, Dunstall and Ablett Jr. Very good, Rue. Okay. My Mount Rushmore, Lee Matthews, obviously. Yeah. Wayne Carey, obviously. Thrown in Gary Ablett Jr. as well. I think we look right. back in 20 years, he will sit comfortably on that Mount Rushmore. I just still think while it's still – sort of modern times, we, we don't sort of value mm-hmm. – play. I think we value plays in the past a bit on a higher level. And and what he did at the Gold Coast as well was off Broadway. He's but He was the best yeah. player in the competition for eight years and for four of them he was in the best yeah. team in the comp and he was the best player. Then he was at the worst team in the comp and he was still the best player. I agree with that. And then when you talk about those forwards, so you got Dunstall, Lockett, Ablett Senior, right? All of them you can throw a blanket over them. I've done this argument and I've thrown it together. Why Buddy Franklin, I think, sits absolutely in that group. And, in fact, I'm going to put him on the top of that group because I think he has the freakish talents of Ablett Senior. If you pro-rata his goals from the modern era where goals were harder, only Lockett kicks slightly more goals sort of per ratio in that era. And I just think what he has done for the game, I think Buddy Franklin, while he's still playing, we nitpick a little bit too much. But again, he's another one in 20 years' time. He will comfortably be sitting on the Mount Rushmore. So mine will be Matthews, Carey, Franklin, and Ablett Jr. There you go. Yeah, I love it, Joey. Sticking it's a great for, call. Sticking up for I our generation. Right. Yeah. No, particularly given how hard it has become to kick goals, nags of goals in the modern game. I mean, his thousand is, well, 
I don't know. How would you how would you prorate that out if he was playing in the eighties? Well, and they 90s? have. There's, there's a there's a website. So, Rui, there's a website that have done it. They've prorated the percentage of goals compared to sort of the the goals in a season in regards to everyone. And he would sit second of all time, only like it was like maybe a hundred goals behind Tony Lockett in regards to goals okay. per sort of generation. So that's enough for me. On top of you know everything else that he did, you know that the pressure, the goal assists, and those sorts of things. I've got him in there anyway. Don't hold us to it. It's well just done. a bit of uh, fighter. But if you do want to send us a message or fire some feedback you can hit us up as i said on instagram or footy talk pod thanks for your time really enjoy your fourth of july holidays wave that american flag of yours uh and the enjoy the fireworks <laughs> and tomorrow abby holmes will be on with david zaharakis all the ladies love zaka until then enjoy your day listener